What could have made her do it? asks a mother. She was a model daughter as a child. We taught her about Christ. She won the Sunday school contest. She even got a free week at camp for memorizing scripture verses. What in the world could have made her attempt to take her life? More young people today are attempting suicide than at any other time in our country's history. Indeed, we are finding that suicide is something that particularly seems to appeal to frustrated and discouraged, despairing teenagers. This is something we ought to know about, something we ought to know how to handle, and to handle in a way that will help. Take the case of Susie. Susie said, as she sat there in the counseling session, I'm rotten, I'm stupid, I'm a complete failure. That's why I wanted to take my life. Her mother immediately said, Well, now, don't pay any attention to her. After all, Susie's been a wonderful girl. She did X, she did Y, she did Z, and she began to list Susie's qualities, good qualities. I had to stop her, and I said, Now, Mom, wait a minute. If Susie says that she's rotten, she's stupid, and a complete failure, I'm inclined to believe that she's got good reasons for saying that. Susie, I looked at her and said, tell me some of the rotten things you've done. Tell me some of those ways in which you've been stupid. Tell me how you've been failing so completely. And Susie, whose head had been looking held down looking at the floor until then, immediately popped it up and looked straight at me. She cocked it on one side as if to say, is he for real? And I suppose she decided she'd take a chance. After all, nobody else had taken her seriously about this matter up to now. Her mother, her father had said, come on, things can't be that bad. Well-meaning, of course, in saying it, but simply turning her off. Other friends and neighbors and relatives had said virtually the same thing. So she determined in her own mind, they can't know how bad my problem is. They're not taking me seriously about this matter. They really say it isn't all that bad after all, but they don't know. So she refused to tell them why she had attempted to take her life. And of course, the reason why she refused was because she realized that they were not on the same wavelength, that what they were offering was a Christ who could solve a problem that was only two inches deep when she thought it was two miles deep. And so they were not really touching base with one another. And here was somebody who took her seriously about her negative evaluation of her own life. Somebody who said, yes, I think that you've got some pretty good reasons for saying that your life is a mess. And so she pulled the cork, and out came the sordid, awful, tangled web, the mess of interpersonal relations into which she had gotten herself by sinful lying and activity. Her mother could hardly believe it. How could somebody uncork that question so quickly when for two weeks she and everybody else had been trying to get the truth out of Susie and she wouldn't give it. The answer is this, 
we took her seriously about her sin. Don't ever minimize anyone's negative evaluations of himself, particularly someone who has attempted suicide. But never do it for anyone. If you take people seriously about their sins, you'll get a different kind of response. Oh, I know there are people who will do things just in order to get attention. I know there are, there are husbands or wives who will say, well, now I guess I'm not much of a husband, only in order to try to sound humble very insincerely so that uh, later on they can cut the right way for the husband to ribbons. But when you ask the question, tell me how bad a husband you've been, then you get that kind of response which lets you know that too. Immediately he begins, if he's insincere, he begins to row his oars the other way. And he begins to say, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not all that bad. And, of course, you immediately know exactly where you are then. But that isn't usually the situation. When you say, well, tell me how bad a husband you've been. Tell me how terrible a mother you've been. Susie, tell me how rotten, how stupid, how much of a failure you have been. Usually the response is, is someone at last going to take me seriously about my life? Well, that was Susie's response. Susie today is married, has a family, is living a very successful life, a Christian life. What made the difference? The truth came out, and when it was out, it could be dealt with. After hearing what Susie had told me, I said to her, You know, Susie, those things are rotten. Those things were stupid. Sin always is rotten and stupid. Those were complete failures. You were right. You were absolutely right about your life. Indeed, it's not even as bad. It, it's even worse than you have said. These things were not just rotten, stupid, and a complete failure. They were sin against God. They were rebellion against your Creator. It's even worse than you have made it out to be. But you were wrong, Susie, about one thing. You were right that that kind of life is rotten and stupid and a failure. And you were right that you should not go on any longer living that kind of life. But you almost did another rotten, stupid kind of thing that would again be a complete failure by trying to take your life. You don't have to take your life in order to change your life. What you really need to do is to let Christ take your life and change that life. I read to her from 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11, that goes this way. Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. And Susie's uh, picture fit that description. But then I went on to read verse 11. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Christ can even deal with problems like that. I don't care what your problem is today. I don't know whether you've been cheating on your husband or on your wife. I don't know whether you have gotten yourself tangled up into some terrible kind of thing or whatever it may be. You may be despairing of life today, 
It's really rotten. It's really stupid. It's really a failure on your part. But listen, there's hope even for a life like that. You don't have to go on living that kind of life any longer. You can come to Jesus Christ and trust in him as Savior. And if you know him as your Savior, you can come to him for forgiveness and cleansing and a new kind of life. I want to urge you to trust Christ and to find in him the answers to those problems. Lord, help us, we pray, in all of these things. For we ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and for his sake alone. Amen.